Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Before the game kicks off, let's ramp it up with college football overtime. Here's, here's, here's Garrett Chapman and Abe Gordon. We are in the city of Atlanta. We are blessed with some of the best college football in the country. I, I firmly believe it's the best college football that the good Lord has offered uh, all of us college football fans. And we get to see the very best of it in the SEC title game right here at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. Uh, Nick Saban has had a very strong history. In this game and in this city, he's 10-1 and one in SEC Championships games. He's won his last 10, by the way. So he's, he's 10 in a row, mind you. He's won 16 straight games in Atlanta. So that includes Chick-fil-A Peach Bowls. That includes national championships. Some of those national championships played against the Georgia Bulldogs. He's also 4-1 against Kirby Smart in his tenure at the University of Georgia. I feel like this is a storybook type of moment for this rivalry. And yes, it is an absolutely, an, it is a rivalry between Georgia and Alabama. Abe, just this, just bear with me for a second, because I'm going to put two scenarios in front of you and, and tell me that they're not storybook. Nick Saban, after being knocked down, gets to climb back up on top of the mantle and decree that he is not yet retired. This is the final chapter and he's going to dictate how he goes out. Meanwhile, Kirby Smart, the young protege, the Padawan, he officially snatches the SEC away from Nick Saban while he's in his prime, while he's at his best. Kirby Smart takes it away. He takes that championship belt. I think it's fascinating. Well, you got a, you got a, a situation here, Garrett, where Georgia feels like they have taken that mantle. But then you have to remind yourself, they've never beaten Alabama in an SEC title game. Uh, With Kirby Smart. And that's what you're looking at here. And look, this is a rivalry, a matchup, which has, for the last five, six years, kind of decided the eventual national champion. Uh, And it almost feels like we're watching that uh, unfold uh, uh, again this year. Because This is the 10th straight game in the SEC title game that has had one or both of these teams in it, by the way. Yeah, yeah. It's been wild. And so... 
Um, yeah, there there is a there is a changing the guard situation here. If Georgia can uh, not only three peat with the national championship, but do so by knocking Alabama out the way, and then uh, as you mentioned, the situation with Nick Saban, uh, the old Lee Corso, not so fast, my friend. Uh, here's your reminder. Uh, and look, those are off the field storylines, but the on field storylines are equally as interesting. You've got. Um, some of the best players in the country lining up on Saturday. Obviously, Brock Bowers a little bit banged up, but he'll be out there ready to roll. Carson Beck, man, what what would a big performance for Carson Beck in this game do to his potential draft stock? Uh, and, and look, a little bit too little, too late for Jalen Milrow in terms of the Heisman. Um, but what a rebound. What a second half to the season he has had. And what it all boils down to is a situation I have been building up for six weeks, Garrett, I mean, safely. Someone is going to put an end to Jalen Milrow hitting on big plays. I didn't know if it would wait all the way until Georgia. It almost mm-hmm. happened a week ago. I just have a really tough time in this game believing that Georgia's going to allow receivers behind them. They're going to have busted coverages, uh, and they're going to allow Jalen Milrow to beat their defense, their secondary, with downfield throws. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that there's no path to victory for Alabama. Obviously, Milrow and his legs are a problem, and Georgia understands that they're going to be a problem. As much as I criticize Jalen Milrow on his short passing and intermediate routes, he has improved. He has improved. Mm-hmm. Still not you know, elite. But he, ha- he throws an elite deep ball. He has improved, though. A- a- and so it's going to be interesting to see if Georgia can force Alabama to sustain drives, if they're able to do that. Because if Jalen Miro's hitting on the short and intermediate passes and Georgia maybe needs to change up how they're defending him as a passer and he's finding lanes as a runner, it could be a very interesting day and night for a Georgia defense. It isn't quite as elite as they have been in recent years, and obviously that is countered with a Georgia offense that is more elite, in my opinion, than they have been in recent years, uh, going against an Alabama secondary that's had some ups and downs, but a very mm-hmm. good front for Alabama as well. So one thing that you said about the the, the, the deep passes that Jalen Milrow loves. Yeah. So I saw the stat earlier this week, and I, and I made a note of it. I don't know if uh, I want to hear it. So Jalen Milrow on 20-plus yard throws, has a 55% completion percentage for 1,200 total yards and 15 touchdowns. He's only thrown one interception. That's 47%. 47% of his total yardage has come on plays of 20-plus yards. That is fascinating. And And how many touchdowns did you say? Did you say 15? 15, So he's only got 12 total. Total passing. So, like, even if they get into the red zone, like, uh, that's probably well, they where they don't do a lot in the red zone. That's no. not how they do things. They don't. They, they don't sustain drives. They don't get into the red zone. They strike from outside the red zone. If they're in the red zone, they're running the ball. Yeah, they, that's what I'm talking about. And, and you know, when you get to these margins, because Alabama can compete with Georgia. I of mean, man, they, man, they could compete with Georgia. And when you get down mm-hmm. to these margins, settling for three as opposed to taking a touchdown could be the difference in this game. Mm-hmm. And if Alabama has problems doing that, uh, you know, it gets interesting with the numbers. That's, that's a great the, stat, though. Good work. Yeah, and that's one place where Georgia is not exactly elite. They are elite in a lot of different areas, but one place that they are not is allowing touchdowns in the red zone. They are, I think, the 60s 
and all of FBS in terms of allowing touchdowns. And they allow a lot of points when they get down there. This is not an Alabama team that does exceptionally well necessarily, but it is an edge for them in that category. Where UGA is elite is on third down and not allowing explosive plays. They've allowed 35 total this year. 35 total. That's it. And so Jalen Milrow, a guy who cuts his teeth in connecting with those deep passes, those are going to go away. And you're not really going to find that sort of success against this Georgia secondary, who is really one of the only defenses that can go man-to-man with yeah. every guy on that team. And, and they could just go legitimately man-defense. They don't face like – Jalen Milrow and company, they don't face a lot of man-defense because most people don't have the ability to rush for and keep guys back, you know, like and still get pressure on the quarterback. Most teams have to send pressure. And this Georgia defense, one of the reasons, one of the many reasons, talent aside, and Kirby Smart and everything else, is the fact that they are able to drop back people. And then when, when he tries to complete those short to intermediate passes, they just rally up and make the tackle. And that's it. And they don't miss tackles. They're very sound fundamentally. This is a group that won't beat itself. And one of the things that we've seen with Jalen Milrow, especially in recent weeks, is if he is playing some of these more susceptible defenses, like the Kentuckys, the LSUs, et cetera, he can beat them. And I'm not going to say he's been stat padding. I'm not going to say that at all because he hasn't. He's an exceptional talent. He's really good. And this surge that he's had is because of the way that he has played. But at that level, you're not going to be able to just pick it, pick apart a secondary, even though I don't think that Georgia is going to be able to be getting effective pressure on him on a, a down-to-down basis. That is one of the things that's really plagued Alabama this year. They're 115th in sacks allowed, which is just dreadful, by the way. It's dreadful. And I feel like there is an explosive game for Georgia coming as far as those edge rushers are concerned. We haven't seen that yet. But we saw the way they played against the Jackson Dart, who I think is probably the most apt comparison to what we've seen from Jalen Milrow, that or maybe a Haynes King that we saw at Georgia Tech last week. Both of those quarterbacks had decent days. Haynes King especially played pretty mm -hmm. well. A lot of those on designed runs, less so on scrambles that Jalen Milrow is going to be doing. But I think this is just fascinating. And I think you said it really well. This is a game about who has an edge, who has the edge, because you're, you're talking about like margins that are this thin. Because I think these are the two best teams in the country right now. Alabama is surging. They've got a defense that's playing at a super high level. But this offense, like you said, is the best that they've seen outside of an LSU. And this Georgia offense is right there on par with anything that LSU can do. You've got what? Brock Bowers, Dom Lovett, Marcus Rosemey, Jack Saint, Lad McConkie, Rara Thomas. All of these guys can beat you on any given day. That's before you get into that backfield of Kendall Milton uh, and, uh, Dejan Edwards. Yeah. Like this is a really talented offense. I I think this is fascinating. I'm so excited to watch this football game, but I don't know who has that edge yet. Yeah. The other aspect for, for me is I think Georgia can win this game offensively in a, in a number of ways. Alabama's defense is not elite on either side of the ball. I, they do have the 15th best passing defense in, mm -hmm. in the country, only 36 uh, rushing defense. And, yeah. and this is a Georgia team that in recent weeks, uh, Kendall Milton has really one gotten healthy and, and then two exploded. Uh, and you bring the combination uh, of Milton uh, and Dejon Edwards, as you mentioned in uh, uh, you could probably have success there. Uh, you, you mentioned uh, Bowers and Ra Ra Thomas and Jack Rosemary Jack say, I look, I don't know if uh, McConkey, what his health status is going to be after missing a couple games, but other, other guys are going to be there. We've also seen the uh, development of Dylan Bell. 
uh, in recent weeks step up mm-hmm. and just add to the weapons that Carson Beck has. It's going to be a big challenge, it, it, probably the first big challenge for this Georgia offensive line. Carson Beck hasn't been touched. Uh, I, I think there was a quote after the Ole Miss game where an Ole Miss staffer said, we didn't we didn't touch Carson Beck. I don't mean we didn't pressure him or, or didn't sack him. I, we didn't lay a finger on his jersey. Um, look, if that's going to happen, uh, George is going to have an easy time. Uh, they got to get yeah. pressure. Alabama does uh, off the edge with guys like Dallas Turner. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. They may even need to use uh, some blitzes, which which, uh, from time to time they do. Um, to, to, to put pressure on Carson Beck because uh, we, we've seen uh, plenty of examples. If Carson Beck is standing back there, he's going to pick apart a defense. And, and I've said this for about three weeks now because I finally realized what Georgia's offense was. In my opinion, they are the best combination of explosiveness and efficiency. That's mm. what makes them so difficult to defend. They can beat you on three levels with Carson Beck. They can go deep. They got guys over the middle. And they got screen passes and intermediate short routes as well. Uh, and he finds the right pass. And as you mentioned, especially on third down. And that's what's been an absolute backbreaker for teams trying to get Georgia off the field. And he's so good, even in third and seven, third and 10, false start, maybe it's third and 12. He still finds the right guys. And look, a lot of times that guy is Brock Bowers. But in recent weeks, we've seen Dylan Bell make some big third down catches. Yeah. We've seen Lad McConkey make some third down catches. And, and, and you could continue down the list. It's so difficult to defend Georgia because there's no one you can really key on. And I know Brock Bowers, like obviously you can't let Bowers go off for 130, right? But with Alabama, it's so simple to me. And look, Jason McClellan is a good running back. Doesn't really terrify you. Um, the guy that terrifies me is Jalen Milrow. Yeah. specifically with his legs, because I think Georgia can do a fair job defending them straight up with the pass. You mentioned the explosiveness out of the or pass rush for Georgia. I think it's it's almost less uh, in terms of just make sure he doesn't escape. Just make sure he doesn't hit the pocket. And then if you are Georgia, it's just a question. And I don't know if Jamon Dumas Johnson is going to be back or not dealing with his injury, but C.J. Allen is an outstanding athlete. Or are you spying Jalen Milrow? And if so, are you using C.J. Allen to do so? Uh, do, do you add another safety in the game to do so? It's going to be very interesting to see how Georgia does uh, try and defend Jalen Milrow. But if they can bottle up Milrow, I, I really don't know what the plan is for Alabama because I just don't think their run game without Milrow is strong enough to find the success you're going to need to beat Georgia. I'm interested. Yeah. I'm very interested in this game. It, it's the line, it opened at, I think, three points uh, in favor of Georgia, and it has slowly grown to about six and a half, um, which I feel is a uh, little inflated. I, I like don't. I, I would feel comfortable big. at seven or seven and a half. Mm. Mm. Really? really. Uh, you're a little bit more confident. Oh, I, I, and I say that because I, I think this could be a close game. There's no doubt about it. Sure. But if it's a blowout, I, I don't think it's, it's a blowout for Alabama. There's only one going one way if it's a blowout. Right. Oh, George, there's a, there's a real scenario where Georgia limits Alabama's run game 
Mm-hmm. Jalen Milrow does make some mistakes. There's some pressure, and they get like 17 points. And Alabama's, and I'm not saying this is how it's going to play out. I'm just saying there's scenario sure. where, where Alabama doesn't affect Carson Beck, and the run game works, and you're looking at like 35-14. I mm-hmm. mean, there's a real world for that. Um, now, I expect it to be a lot closer. I think Nick Saban keeps it close, um, just, just him alone being as good a coach as he is. But uh, I'll be honest, I, I just do think – that Georgia has passed Alabama and look, this game may, may stamp it may prove me wrong. Uh, look, this Alabama team is playing as well as they have at any point all season. It may prove me wrong, but I really feel that, that Georgia just, they found another way to get to this point in the season with a chance to three Pete. And I just think it's going to be incredibly difficult to get in their way. Yeah. And I feel like Georgia's found this sort of system right now. The defense is playing at a super high level. Um, I think the secondary is not going to allow big plays. I think the the offensive line is the best in the country. Uh, they have great skill players on the outside. The running backs are good enough. I think Kendall Milton's found his stride. Yeah. At the end of the day, this comes down to, if I'm just looking at Georgia, it comes down to Carson Beck. Yeah. And if I'm looking at Alabama, it comes down to Jalen Milrow. And I feel like that's such a lame. When has football ever been simpler? It's. I feel like that's so lame. But at the same time, it's these dudes, man. Yeah. I have not, I've seen Jalen Milrow in this spot probably once this season where I feel like this was like a real, like a spot where he needs to show up. Like, and he needs to be big. The first time we saw him was against Texas and I, he didn't show up. Right. He had the home field with him and he had everything else and he just couldn't keep up. He's a different player since then. And of course you could point to LSU or any other. I, I think he's still. Game. I think he you needed that games. that Jalen Milrow at the back end of the Iron Bowl too, and I, I don't mean I just so. the last pass, but, no, but leading course. up to that too. But I agree with you. But on the other hand, Carson Beck, we haven't really seen him in these situations. He's played one top forty defense, and that was Missouri, and that took some some late game heroic, not heroics, but like late game high level play from the quarterback at Georgia. I, yeah, to, to I, I disagree. I think there have been scenarios and situations this year where Carson Beck had Auburn's to another up. one. Yeah, exactly. Auburn's one that you can point to. He's the, the done it a few quarter. times. Yeah. Yeah. He's done it a few times, but he's only done exactly. it once against the top 40 defense. Exactly, yeah. He's got another one coming in that he has to face on Saturday. And I think, like you said, pass rush is huge for Alabama. If they can get some pressure on him, I think that is a major key. 